given to me by Woody Shaw, Sonship, Dizzy, and John Kahn, dedicated to pursuing a piece of our cultural heritage through interviews with my music heroes. This is the Jake Feinberg Show. Folks, welcome inside the Blackwood Broadcasting Studios at an undisclosed institute of higher learning. This is the Jake Feinberg Show, and we're happy you have all, all of you can join us today. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I get a lot of grief from my older daughter because she says, Daddy, you know, you never have female guests on your program, uh, female musicians. And it has been very, uh, very much male-dominated and very much focused on uh, a time before I was ever born. So, um, really, it is an honor to bring in two amazing artists and crafts women, uh, people, uh, women that I think that are striving for to make authentic music uh, as opposed to manufactured music. And um, they're starting their tour tonight with uh, Taj Mahal. Uh, their band is called Fredericks Brown. They're starting their tour in uh, Napa Valley, California. And. Um, and then they will continue on, uh, ultimately culminating in a concert uh, at the Fox Theater here in Tucson on October 12th, Saturday, October 12th. It's an honor to welcome in Diva Mahal and Stephanie Brown. Hi. Thank you. It's nice to talk to both of you. Um, I wanted to start, uh, you know, I can open it up to, to either of you, but, uh, you know, where, how did you guys meet originally? I still, it's still a little bit fuzzy to me, and I think it's qu- kind of a cool story. So if, if you could break that down, that would be great. So Steph and I, while I was living in New Zealand, um, used to play on the same geek circuit. So we'd go to the same festivals. We played a couple of builds together because Steph was in a band called The Open Souls. And I was either playing with my brother... Uh, playing with a band called Fat Freddy's Drop or playing by myself under my own name. And so being that New Zealand is, is you know, not the biggest pond, <laughs> we would often see each other and hang out. And um, when I moved to New York in 2007, Steph followed shortly after, six months later, I think, right, Steph? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of funny how we've, you know, found each other I guess you know Steph called me I was like cool so nice to see you she came over pulled out a guitar and started making music and and that was pretty much the beginning of Frederick's Brown. Steph Stephanie um did you find that uh it was a leap of faith to come to New York I mean there it's funny I just we just cut a piece for Dave Holland and he was talking about how 
Miles uh, had left a note for him at the at the club that he wanted to be his bass player. This is when he was still in London. Oh. And and uh, and and yet, and then he called Miles's hotel room. This is back in the day. No answering machines. No me- email. Uh, Miles had checked out. And then three weeks later, uh, he got a call from Miles's manager saying, "Can you come and be at Club Harlem on Friday?" <laughs> so he flew. He flew. But the point is that it's still going on, and Diva just laid it out. So I mean, my question is, you know, you had a good, you had a good vibe, a good feeling, good, good loving on the bandstand with Diva. But then, did going to New York was was it a was it an obvious thing, or was there some trepidation on your part as well? I was nervous as all hell <laughs> because it's so much bigger um, than New Zealand, obviously. So it was definitely a leap of faith. Also, Diva and I had never played together before. Um, so I called her up originally because she was only one of two people that I knew in New York. <laughs> so it was, definitely <laughs> it was definitely a leap of faith, but one I, I never regret, haven't regretted it. It's been awesome. How did you begin to feel? Was it just uh, part of the comfortability? Was just the opportunity to? So you actually, guys, you guys never even played together on that circuit. Is that right? No. Yeah, we never played in the same project. You never. We, so you we were on mm-hmm. same bills, but we were never on stage together at the same time, ever. Diva, what stood out to Steph's playing? Was it was it the was it her melod- melodies? Was it her voice? I mean, how did you? How did you get an eye for her, and then how did you think it was going to fit in well with what you were doing? Um, you know, it's really funny because even though we met periodically through the years, I never really, I'm always one to listen to the lyrics first, mm-hmm. so I never really sat and listened to Steph's rhythms or melodies or comping. And then when we when she called me and we sat down in my apartment in the East Village, we pulled out this uh, old, you know, just like a regular acoustic guitar, and I had this idea in my head, and somehow we, we got to like working on the idea together. And she sat down and she was fiddling with the guitar, and then all of a sudden, in like an hour, we had a whole song. So it was more that we naturally had chemistry, and the way that we come up with song ideas and lyrics, and um, the way we, you know, our creative process was very similar, and her style really, you know, complemented mine, and I learned a lot from her, you know? So it was like, I don't know, it was just instantaneous for me. We we just kind of knew that it was going to work and haven't really looked back. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's beautiful. And just for the record, my friend Oliver Ray, uh, who's a brilliant musician down here in Tucson. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, he just lays it all out there. I mean, he he just pours his soul out. And I I just find that, (laughs) I wanted to ask you guys, you know, especially with, uh, you know, Diva, your father grew up, uh, you know, he was just happy being himself, but he was also uh, a beneficiary of a very uh, commerce-based record industry where there were real identities. I mean, it's very hard to, it's pretty easy to go into a record shop and see pictures of your father on the records, the liner notes, and of course the music, and then the, they develop an identity. And I wonder about you guys uh, in this a- day and age when we are all interconnected and there's so much out there. And how do you, uh, how do you, how do you work that in this current 
time to create your own identities as Fredericks Brown? Well, you know, that's an interesting question because that's something we've asked ourselves. Like, what what would make us stand out? What makes us different? Like, what would cause somebody to stop and look and then listen? But one of our friends really kind of spelled it out for us was that when you look at us on stage, Steph and I look quite different. I'm like five foot nine and she's what, five one? <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously when you look at us on stage, it's quite interesting to, to view. And then also when you see the fact that it's two particularly um, interesting and talented women on stage, like kind of expressing this beautiful narrative and um, musical pieces, I think that really stands out on its own anyway. I mean, we've always kind of tried to make music that had space in it, you know, using the silence as, as an instrument, like not overproducing our music, writing real songs instead of just kind of catering to the basic pop song formula, you know. So for me, those things really stand out. I don't know. We have really winning personalities. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's funny know, too. I don't know if you know that. No, it's so cool that I mean, I, I, you just hit on something interesting. And Stephanie, I wanted to ask you. Uh, Diva said you guys make real songs. In your mind, what is a real song? What is an authentic song? What are, what is as opposed to the uh, cookie cutter pop kind of uh, creation? Um, I think we definitely try uh, and craft all aspects of the song. So we don't, like, well, I know that for me, I don't usually just stop on a melody and, and throw some lyrics. I don't think that's good enough. I really try and view the whole song as important. So the melody, the lyrics, the chord structure, the arrangement, all of that goes into the, the crafting of it. And uh, I think that's what what we try and do together too is really just work on the overall all parts of the song to make something really strong. Do you? Uh, it's so interesting as a duo. So, Diva, what other instrument? How many instruments do you play? Do you just tell me about that? Well, for for do you mean for this particular tour in general? I'm trying to envision. I'm not gonna. I mean, hopefully, I can get to the the fox. But I, you know, like Napa tonight. I I'm just like, are you? Do you have like a vibraphone up there? Do you have acoustic? No, I have like a percu percussion kit. Oh, that's great. And so you play. Oh, so that's great. I I play the clave, the tambourine, the shaker, and, and I pulled out a gourd, which is it's it's a, a traditional Hawaiian hula gourd, because I don't have a stomping board. <laughs> So uh, it's called the Ipu, and um, I learned it when I was little dancing hula. So <laughs> I decided to pull it out and create the rhythm for what Steph plays over with her keys and um, bass. It's. Do you have a cuico with you? No, I don't. Yeah. No, I I I talked to Ayerto a long time ago. I interviewed Ayerto Morier, and he saw. He talked about the idea of moving to. When he first moved to New York and he couldn't speak any English at all, he did speak Spanish, even though he was from Brazil. And uh, his own brothers, uh, he would go to these Latin salsa clubs and he'd have a little shaker in his hand or something. And they'd they'd say, no, 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 you you just stand on the just sit on the side of the stage and, and just shake your thing. But you can't come out here and play. 
he had all he had all you know he's like he's like he's like he had his butt out on stage you could see that but his body couldn't be out there they didn't want him out there and actually yeah. actually the the guys that just got a kick out of him were the jazz guys they you know he had these these refrigerator hoses and he had all these wild sounding things <laughs> and you know and the truth is that they you know guys like uh you know miles you know other people like that they just they love the uniqueness and i think that um, along the way, you mentioned about Diva. You mentioned about space in the music. This that silence is music, and I also think yeah. that hand percussion, uh, because music now almost there isn't. You listen to anything on the anything popular, and it's just it just seems like noise, just loud noise, and there's no silence or even opportunities to create a clave beat or beat with with percussion, and I just. That to me is an interesting part. I mean, you are trying to, uh, you know, bridge that gap uh, with all this electronic instrumentation, and yet you still have all these, you know, you know, original percussive instruments. And I think that that is, uh, I just, I just think that that is really the way of the future. I really do. I think it's one of those things that we've gotten away from is just, you know, too much digital music and not enough sort of indigenous type of music. And I, I would love to get your thoughts on that. Well. I mean, that's something that we've always talked about, was how to marry the organic nature of music with contemporary sounds. And we, we, we with our new album, we looked at this a lot. I mean, we went, one of our songs, we went so far into the left field with this electronic sound that three quarters of the way through, we scrapped it because it just didn't sound like music it didn't sound like the song was meant to be that way you know mm -hmm. and um i don't know there's something to be said about nuance and i think that that gets missed in a lot of music these days because people are quite used to listening to a kind of sound that for me represents conformity mm -hmm. so being able to break out and use things like on the album our producer bows the vibraphone to create like a cool high pitch sound or you know i play the tambourine or there was like a one of the songs that has like sticks instead of drums you know just like a really cool stick stick of rhythm and it for me that just breathes life into the music because you can hear the air pockets in between each time you you know something struck and um i don't know i i mean I, I definitely would say that it makes things stand out you know when people see somebody who can actually play an instrument and they get up on stage and they have that whole i don't know performance and presence and it's it's really awe-inspiring like bobby mcferrin for instance mm -hmm. like he could get up there and stand and make every single sound from his body and all you needed was one person on stage, you know, and it was awe-inspiring. So I think once people kind of maybe, I don't know, think, you know, get over the fact that, you know, you can have 808s and subs and synths in every single song, you know, it's going to stand out. And people are going to be like, wow, you know, this is actually really amazing. And I don't know. I mean... I personally believe it's <laughs> the new sound of the future, but um, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. I no, know. I, I think I think it's I think it is. Uh, and actually, I want to play a, 
a piece of music here, and then we'll come back and talk about it, okay? All right. I who have nothing would offer you off uh i received these tracks from steph and that's uh i guess the the album is glass house mountain can you diva can you talk take us through that song and then um uh, you know uh, 
not just the lyrics are great, but uh, but how did you guys come up with that song? Well, actually, Steph brought this song to the table. Uh, let, let me rewind it back and talk about how we started writing this EP. Our original process was to come to the table with some ideas, and then we'd sit down at the piano, and for like a week we went through every single song to like top and tail, and, and this particular song Steph brought to the table. Mm. And, um, you know, I instantly was in love with it. And so we'd sit and try to figure out how to write it. And originally the pre-chorus was a totally different thing. And we try, you know, we would go through it and she'd bring an idea and I'd be like, Oh no, that doesn't sound good. And then she'd come back with like another idea. And, and then, and, and, and then eventually we ended up with the song as it is and, once we got into the studio, we sat down and started doing all the DVs, how we were going to arrange, you know, the choir in the background, how, where the BVs were going to go, what we were going to play it on piano or Wurlitzer, what were we going to have upright bass or synth bass, you know, it, it was built in its final form in the studio once we had finished the song. So, um, I mean, the idea of, for the lyrically it's, it's it's about you know obviously wanting to help somebody who doesn't doesn't really want to ask for the help you know Ste- Steph why don't I mean Steph tried. it's it's your it's your track what what where did those how did that song come to you um I had the verse uh about a year ago I loved this idea that uh you know you would offer everything you had to someone but then followed up by that little statement of, but, you know, if you'd only let me do it, it was so huge. And but I could never find a chorus for it, a hook for it. I, just nothing seemed to work. And then when Deaver and I uh, decided we were going to make this EP for the, the tour that we were on at the moment, uh, I was imagining her singing it. And then I was able to write a hook off of that because she's she's got such a powerful range that, uh, I just sort of thought, oh, what you know, what could we, what could she do in this part and really lift the song? And then the hook came pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, it was, it was kind of that was really the process of writing that song. What's yeah. what's the? Um, it was a great rhythm section. Who were those live bodies? The real people that were playing that? The bass and drums? Yeah, we tracked the. We actually tracked the drums, piano, and vocals together. Um, and then we we put the bass in afterward, but th- that song, the rhythm section, was just sort of arranged itself because that rhythm was ever-present right from the beginning of, of writing it. So even though it was really hard to track without a bass player, we already had that, that boom, 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 was already in place within the song, so we just sort of imagined it was there. <laughs> and then And then when we got into the studio, we had... Two session musicians that we recorded. One was Binky Griptight, and he plays the guitar. And um, then uh, this guy, Mr. Reed, who also backed me up on the vocals. So, yeah. Uh, we had a, a bass player come in and play, obviously. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, again, I, I want to, uh, I wasn't around for for uh, you know, 
these when the studios were were somewhat thriving you know back in the late 60s and early 70s but um is there what do you guys feel about the opportunity to just get everybody and play it live in the studio and get and take that cut you know the way Aretha Franklin used to I mean is it is it is it is that hard, is that really difficult because to me I know it is but 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 explain is that something that you would like to to do it's I mean cuz that to me is that's where the love ultimately um I mean there's already love between the two of you but then when you bridge it out to a rhythm section live then it, there's more love you know Absolutely Yeah I mean I you know I don't think it's that hard actually we managed to get drums uh, keys and vocals together it wouldn't have been a stretch to grab a couple more um, we've been working with a variety of different musicians in New York and when we play live I play the bass on a synth so I think for us it was more that we didn't have a steady a bass player because that's always been my my role as well but I don't think it, it would be crazy hard to, to have done that uh, I, 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 I don't know I'm going to disagree with the story just because I think, because we have a lot of people who supported us in this project, I think it was a lot easier for us to do it. Um, I mean, I worked on a movie um, earlier this year, and in order to get into, you know, to get everybody there, it was it's quite a big feat. You know, it's, the expense of it alone is is a lot. So it, I think it would depend on. Um, I think it would really depend on what your situation was and who you were working with and what people were willing to do, you know? We got really lucky working with Finn, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds very warm, you know, and I wonder if I was sitting in that theater tonight in Napa um, with the two of you, I mean, it, there is no rhythm. If you, you're you going to do that song, but there's no rhythm accompaniment, right? I mean, it's just it's just the two of you. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, that, and that is, that's part of it is that the, you know, over time you do, you, I guess here's the question, you know, you guys are just starting out, you know, just doing this tour, but would you like to, would you like to increase the sound if you found the right people? And if so, what instruments would you potentially bring in? I would just say to you, Stephanie, I would love to see you, uh, I, I know it's another expense, but that Hammond B3 would be huge because it's a real gospel <laughs> influence. You know, that, that, that what I'm saying is because then, because then she's playing the Hammond and she can play the bass lines on the Hammond, you know, and get, yeah. you know, get, I mean, I, I know you're a big synth. I know you're huge into synth, but I'm just saying get the B3, get the, because there's a gospel flavor to a lot of the tunes you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, the bass, the synth bass, originally we, we started using it just because we couldn't afford a bass player. <laughs> so it wasn't that I was Necessity. playing the bass. I'd love to have a bass player, and I'd love to play that Hammond. I think, um, yeah, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. When we, when we play uh, in New York again, we'd love to get uh, drums, bass, guitar, guitar. More, more backing vocals, and do it, do it right, you know? Not too yeah. much, yeah. Not, I mean, enough so that there's still, there's still, uh, I forget the word Diva used at the beginning. It's just the, the, there's nuance to the. You just don't want to muddle it up with too much, but you do. Uh, my gosh, I mean, a, a female B three player. I, that's even more eclectic, you know. I mean, you can't beat that. Uh, to me, that's 
I think you brought up a, a, an optics thing because we're a much more visual society now than when yeah. when Taj was, was really in the heyday when you had wide open radio and people were listening a lot more. I mean, let's face it, FDR would never even have become president if people knew that he was in a wheelchair doing his fireside chat. So, I mean, people were using their ears a lot more. And what you right. guys, you guys are trying to unwind that. Um, so, <laughs> people have lost that, We've lost some generations because of the digitization of music. So... I, I wonder, my question for you, I actually, I'm really curious to know uh, on this tour, when you look out there uh, I, and if you can tell or, you know, if people are really able to hone in and listen, especially younger cats, you know, are they listening to the music? Do they, do they hear the nuances of it? Or have they been so sort of, um, you know, sort of gobbled up by the, uh, the mechanization of it, you know, and that's that's a fascinating part of it because that's part, I mean, that's really what uh, what music is really intended to do is to, you know, sort of ease the burden of everyday life. And um, yeah. and it's a spiritual thing. I mean, I talked about that with your dad. It's just, you know, the idea that, um, you know, you want to dust away the just dust away everyday life, let people come in and feel. Uh, they can forget about their their problems. Although I, in Napa Valley, I don't think a lot of people have a lot of problems. But <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I mean, if you guys are playing like some blues club in in Detroit, which ultimately that's where you should be going. I mean, you, you know, go to these. Uh, well, yeah, let, let's just talk. I mean, not expectations, but you know, Diva, I'll start with you. I mean, it, this is an amazing tour. But if you guys could go out on your own, where are some of the places in this country specifically? Uh, that you would like to go to and what kind of venues uh, would you like to play this music in? Well, um, I would like to go back to New Orleans and maybe play a show on Frenchman Street. That would be really exciting for me. I'd like to go to Nashville. I think that would be a great place for us to be. Um, we haven't really played like the northern Midwest and we're getting an opportunity to do that, which would be exciting. I'd like to play Jazz Alley in um, Seattle. Seattle, I think that would be really cool. I think Yoshi's would be a good spot to play in uh, Oakland. Mm -hmm. That would be cool for us. You know, Napa and Santa Cruz were going, but it would be nice to really hit the East Bay. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'd like to play in Hawaii to go back to my hometown. Part of you uh, is, I mean, I talk, I asked your father this question. I forget exactly how he worded it, but I, he really he he really tries to stay out of your way. Is that true? I mean, he really doesn't try to give you a lot of of advice. He obviously has a lot of he has a, maybe I'm wrong, but he has a lot of wisdom. But I think that he wants you to learn experientially on the bandstand. You, I mean, tell me about your relationship with that is definitely the truth. So talk My about your your musical relationship with your dad. Our musical relationship is one that is held in, like, quite high respect. You know, me and my father, you know, there's obviously our differences in, you know, family stuff. But when it comes to music, I've always, you know, I've always done my own thing. It's kind of my personality. And so when we started working together, because I had spent so many years working at my craft and building my career when i got up on stage he, he really treats me like a peer he doesn't he doesn't baby me at all while i'm working with him you know which i feel helps me grow more in the end because 
I know when he really, really thinks that something I've done is of merit and with his, you know, legacy and his career spanning decades, having his honest input is always more important to me than anybody just, you know, brushing up your ego and telling you that you're wonderful even if you're not, you know. No, I I mean, that's very well said. And I think we really greatly respect each other as artists, which makes it really exciting to, to be a part of. Well, let's listen to one more track here, uh, and uh, and then we'll come back and and we'll we'll we'll, we'll analyze it in depth. You know, I, I would be, I'm going on a limb here, but uh, Diva, I, I mean, I think you're channeling your grandma from her southern roots on that, <laughs> on that track. <laughs> <laughs> is she still with us or she has she passed? No, she is not. She has passed. Did, did you, were you close with her? With my father's mother? Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't terribly close because my parents raised me in Hawaii, but mm-hmm. whenever we went back east, we would always go back to Springfield and stay with uh, our grandmother. So I have really fond memories of her as a child. She and she was a Southern 
Southern woman, you know. Uh, Southern West Indian woman. Southern West, thank you very much. <laughs> You've got to trace so, it back. And I mean, tell me about her. Uh, I just, you know, when I hear you sing, I mean, it's I'm you're channeling sort of a modern day uh, staple singers kind of vibe. That's how I hear it, you know. And 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 it's uh, so. Tell me, tell me about your grandmother, those times, and and uh, and and. And again, this song as well, the genesis of it um, uh, and, and how it came about. Well, you know, when you talk about my grandmother, they, all of my grandmas were very, very educated and classy um, women. You know, they were the matriarchs of every family, both on my mother's side and my father's side. So the whole family on either side went back to the mother, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it just feels natural to me. Like on my mother's side, uh, my great grandmother, we used to call her mama. And, uh, every time I would come home to the East coast, you know, my favorite thing would be to sit in the kitchen while she smoked a cigarette and fried chicken. (laughs) Or made like blueberry cobbler, mm-hmm. and 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 that's you know she would go to church every Sunday, she would play gospel music in the house. It just it just was something that was. It wasn't something that you had to try to. So when I, which is really funny because I never really went to church as a youth or as an adult. You know, there are a handful of times that I've been in a church really, but um, every time I hear the music of of the gospel or any kind of religious music really it, it hits me in this place in my spirit so when i sing it kind of comes out it just comes out that way you know natural my my natural voice really kind of sits there and i would just i would just chalk it up to yeah the women in my family and passing that spirit from generation to generation and then also being from a West Indian descent and also Native American descent, you know, culturally, that kind of spiritual singing, you know, it's passed through you, you know, so. It's, uh, yeah, it's power, it's powerful stuff. I, I mean, Stephanie, tell you, can you talk about the women in your life, the mother, the, men, the women mentors, or who were your uh, musical mentors uh, in New Zealand growing up? My grandfather was a piano player, so he, I guess I got it from him originally. Um, the women in my family are really strong, too, um, but being in New Zealand, it's a, I guess it's a different culture, quite reserved in a way. You know, they keep everything on the inside. It's that kind of strength. Right. Uh, which is mm-hmm. quite different, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, um... When you're like talking about the genesis of this song, when I was writing it, it was um, for me this is our commentary on what's really going on in the world today. You know, and I mean it's pretty obvious in my mind, I guess. You know, just having I always think that music should be a place where you can express what's go you know <laughs> what's going on in the world and kind of like let everybody know that somebody's listening you know and and feels the same kind of pain or discontent or anguish or frustration and that to some degree or another we're all in it together you know oh abs- absolutely i mean and 
on top of that, I just, I'm, I'm really not trying to be a critic at all. I just, I'm so, uh, you know, we are such a vocal, vocalese, uh, heavy uh, music sort of conglomerate now. Vo vocals is huge. Um, and uh, I would like to know uh, if you guys, you know, really open up improvisationally, melodically, you know, melodic invention where you could take long solos. I, I see that evolving. In fact, in reading your dad's notes about the upcoming tour, he's like, you know, anytime you mix, you throw the intergenerational cats into the gumbo, you never know what, what comes out of it. And I wonder about the idea of the elongation of your songs through melodic invention, through actual, mu you know, playing. Because the lyrics are great, but I love that kind of music where maybe you sing that verse and then all of a sudden there's two or three minutes of jamming and then you go back to another verse. And, and do, you, do you think that you might even stretch out unknowingly on this tour? Well, I don't think we would go for two or three minutes of vocal solos. No, no, right. no, 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 no. I'm saying, I, I'm <laughs> saying like, said, like, 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 like B three solo. You know, like, 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 yeah. A, yeah. You know, what I'm saying like guitar or vibes, whatever it is. I mean, obviously the band would get a little bigger, but you know, just you know, sing. Well, yeah, go ahead. When we play, like, I have a Saturday night residency in New York at this place called St. Maisie's, and we play for two hours, and we play covers, we play original songs, and we open it up, you know, so we're not afraid to reach out into our, our chops and lay it out there. You know, it's just more for us. It's like when it suits the music. So when you're playing live, obviously you're in a different arena and there are space and there is, um, you know, that energy from the audience that can take you to different places when it comes to like stretching out a song like putting some different legs on it, switching it in to a different rhythm, what have you, you know, we, we, Steph and I have been playing together long enough so that we have this like kinetic, like we have this synergy between us. So when we get to places like that and that moment calls for it, we're always ready for it. But with this particular album, it was about writing a song from start to finish, like not a, like a jam song, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's why I, I think it's not really particularly present because this project from start to finish is really, really thought out and every piece of the puzzle has been arranged, you know? So, yeah. No, I, I, I only say that because I think that what, I mean, you guys have, uh, you know, as as creative musicians and younger musicians, I think it's, uh, you know, uh, something where um, by giving space to the lyrics, uh, if you sing a verse, then the impact is going to be greater because you're throwing a lot of messages out there. For me as a listener, I would say it's not all sinking in. Whereas if you gave me a, a little bit of it and then all of a sudden stretched out and then came back... Um, mm. you know, that to me is, and it's also going to help people slow down their brains and it's going to help them listen more too. Cause you're going to have to retrain kids to listen. There's, there's cats mm. out there, the kids, I mean, you know, if, if you just, whatever, I'm not, it's not, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a music critic. I'm just saying like, these are, these are things that are, uh, these are, are you, <laughs> <laughs> listen, you know, Steph, Stephanie, how privileged or not privileged, what, what, what do you hope? What do you for your own personal growth? What do you want to? How do you want to grow from this tour? Uh, 
Well, I think um, this tour was interesting because we're only performing as a duo, which uh, we don't usually do. Originally, we thought that we would use uh, kind of what you were talking about before, like use electronics to try and aid the sound, uh, maybe sample a bunch of stuff and fill out the sound with that. And in the end, we decided against it because we thought, well, we'll boil the songs down to their nucleus and we'll use our abilities as performers to really throw that song, the very essence of it, out to the audience without, you know, any of the the extra samples and drum beats and things that we would normally have. So I think the challenge for us, I think, in this is is to really let the song thing and and just what we have with our own abilities as musicians to really connect with the audience and I think that's that's going to be the most exciting challenge over the next six weeks to do that Diva have you been to the Fox Theater here in Tucson we played yeah we played at it last year you came with your dad last year too mm. and what and do you remember the venue did you did you enjoy the did you enjoy the acoustics of this venue I did, actually. We had a great show in Tucson last time. And once again, it was just me and Steph, so it'll be nice to come back with a new project and really hear them sing in the room, you know, because it's a really beautiful room, and we got a great response out of the folks in Tucson, so we're very excited to come back. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping that I can bring my daughter along and, and we can we can rock out with you guys. Uh, and oh yeah, you got to come say hi. Oh, uh, I would love to meet you guys and um, and uh, and I just you know I just wish you uh, both uh, tremendous growth and success on this tour for yourselves because you know ultimately um, you know it doesn't matter it's world music and it can be received anywhere but. Uh, I applaud your individuality and uh, and your and your your contributions to humanity. So bless you both. And, uh, oh, and man, that's uh, a really nice thing to say. Oh, it's true though. It's true. It comes from my heart. So um, yeah, we'll we'll be seeing you. Uh, they'll be uh, you guys will be here October twelfth um, at the Fox Theater uh, with your father. But then you guys will also play your your set, and then there'll be sort of a, maybe a big There's also Lucy Malasela, don't forget about well, that. Well, no, we talked about that with your father and the ability for that guy to, to know what he witnessed and how he expresses himself through music, even through all that trauma. And he, it's, it's going to be a powerful, powerful show. I'm looking forward to it because so, uh, it's just about authenticity now. I just don't want, I don't want anybody else to turn into droids because we're turning into droids very quickly. And I want you guys to just sure. keep that humanity there. So... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely reach my. I'll stick out, and we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll connect at that time, and have a great start to the tour tonight. Okay. Thank you. Don't be a stranger. Okay. Absolutely not, guys. Take care. Thank you so much. All right now.